Welcome to A Word Fitly Spoken, a podcast about Jesus, His Word, and our joy in following Him. I'm Amy Spreeman. And I'm Michelle Leslie. We're calling tonight's episode, Winter's Coming, Are You Prepped? Well, it's not really winter here yet. In, in well, October. in Louisiana. Yeah, yeah, in October in Louisiana, it's just still pretty warm. We've had temperatures in the 80s, I think, lately, but uh, we don't get cold weather until probably, oh, late November, maybe even December sometimes. And sometimes it just never comes, but I know it's not oh. like that for you, Amy. <laughs> well, well, what is cold in your world, Michelle? What What does that mean? Well, I mean, we've had it snow here before. It snowed a few uh-huh few years ago it doesn't snow every year of course but every every few <laughs> years you know we'll have a few flakes fall out of the sky and I think I think in um what year was it maybe four or five years ago maybe it was 2017 or something like that we got like four or five inches of snow and uh, oh, of course wow. it just shuts everything down you know one flake falls out of the sky and everything is shut down because we don't have any way of dealing with that <laughs> down here so but uh, oh, Wisconsin we... is a little bit different isn't it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've already hit the 30s, and uh, we had our, our first frost up here. So, um, so I'm ready. We've got the, you know, the, all the city garages have their snow plows ready and their sand and their salt. So, uh, yeah, a little snow doesn't stop us up here. That's when we, some people still wear shorts. So, <laughs> <laughs> so y'all are prepared. <laughs> we are. <laughs> well, that's good. Well, you know, no, no matter where you live, these these months in late autumn run, remind a lot of people that winterizing or getting ready for whatever comes our way in the freezing months ahead is a good thing. Oh, oh, it really is. Uh, my I, my passion, my garden is uh, pretty much done now. The the few remaining green tomatoes are looking pretty sad. Uh, not much more to can. Uh, the chicken coop is buttoned down. The girls really appreciate that. And <laughs> we've cleaned out our fireplace and we've got a boatload of firewood in our garage to keep us cozy if our heater goes out. So we're prepared that way. Um, up here, we call them cords and face cords. And <laughs> over the years, we, we've known to plan for about four face cords a winter or a full cord plus a face and that's going to make sense to maybe only some of you but uh, yeah, the point I don't even is, know what that is <laughs> <laughs> that, that's probably a good thing but you know planning is important and that's kind of the point and sometimes you know um, we could swing the other way and get so wrapped up in preparedness that it can become an idol and I know personally I have to watch for that because um, you know we have a God who's plans, whose providence, whose will is not going to be thwarted no matter how much we plan. So if he wants to use a a broken furnace or busted pipes or empty grocery store shelves for his glory, well, so be it. Yeah, that really needs to be our attitude in all things. This world, as the old song says, is not our home, and we ought not to trust in ourselves, but in the Lord. You know, I've cited this passage so many times that our listeners probably have it memorized by now, I hope, because it's a good um, passage to memorize, but it just gets more relevant and more applicable every day. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. So we always have to balance taking reasonable precautions with trusting God for what we need. And I think a lot of people have that out of balance these days. I mean, we saw a really good example of that around the time COVID started. Remember how people were buying tons and tons of toilet paper and hoarding it? 
Well, yes. Yeah, we all remember that. I mean, I don't know what they thought toilet paper was going to do to defend them against COVID, but anyway, <laughs> that happened. And for some of those people, without their even realizing it, it really became like a talisman to ward off the danger of COVID. And it sounds silly, but people were putting their faith in toilet paper instead of in God. And we see the same thing now in some people, and I do want to emphasize some people, with, uh, we see it with masks and vaccines. I mean, most people who do ma- masks and vaccines are, are doing them, using them to take reasonable precautions. But some people are terrified of COVID to such an extreme that they're not only, you know, double and triple masking and putting the face shields on on top of that and taking the vaccine and using hand sanitizer every three, three seconds, they're also flipping out about people who exercise their right not to wear a mask or not to get vaccinated. I mean, I have literally seen comments by some of these folks on social media posts saying that people who don't wear masks or take the vaccine should be executed. I mean, executed. Can you believe that? No. Uh, yeah. That's crazy. It really is. And all of these same things can be true of preppers as well. I mean, is it wise to lay in supplies for a time when the world absolutely implodes? Well, it may be, but you've got to really examine your heart and ask the Lord to convict you if you start putting your trust in those supplies or in your ability to stockpile those supplies instead of in Him. Where is the line between trusting the Lord and taking reasonable precautions and transferring that trust into those temporal material things? You know, if you find yourself feeling like, well, once I get 500 MREs and a barrel of gasoline, I'll feel safe. Or if everybody in the country would just get vaccinated, I'll feel safe. Or if the government would just do X, Y, and Z, I'll feel safe. You know, if you're feeling like that, you're probably trusting in those things rather than in the Lord. And what does the Bible say in Psalm 121, 1 through 2? I will lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? Not from a thousand rolls of toilet paper or everybody masking and getting vaccinated or my stockpile of stuff. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. We have to trust the Lord. And we all know uh, what happens when we trust in ourselves to get through hard times. You see examples of it all over scripture in both the Old and the New Testaments. All those times that David decided to do things his own way, there were consequences. Just look what happened when Moses decided to take it upon himself to get a job done. You know, with one whack of his stick, he learned the hard way that his way was not a good decision. Let's read that passage, and we're going to find that in Numbers chapter 20. And just to give you a little background to set the scene here, uh, they're out there in the desert of Zin, which was bone dry. There was no water. Everyone was thirsty. And the children of God had spent nearly 40 years of wandering, and they were getting desperate. The Bible says they started to complain bitterly. In fact, they started to turn against Moses and Aaron, and it wasn't the first time they had done that. You can understand why Moses might be a little frustrated at that point. So let's pick that up at verse 3, Numbers, Numbers chapter 20, verse 3. Here's what it says. 
And the people quarreled with Moses and said, Would that we had perished when our brothers perished before the Lord. Why have you brought the assembly of the Lord into this wilderness that we should die here, both we and our cattle? And why have you made us come up out of Egypt to bring us to this evil place? It is no place for grain or figs or vines or pomegranates, and there's no water to drink. Then Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the entrance of the tent of meeting and fell on their faces. And the glory of the Lord appeared to them. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take the staff and assemble the congregation, you and Aaron your brother, and tell the rock before their eyes to yield its water. So you shall bring water out of the rock for them and give drink to the congregation and their cattle. And Moses took the staff from before the Lord as he commanded him. Then Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock, and he said to them, Here now, you rebels, shall we bring water out of, for you out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand and struck the rock with his staff twice, and water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank and their livestock. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not believe in me to uphold me as holy in the eyes of the people of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land that I have given them. These are the waters of Meribah, where the people of Israel quarreled with the Lord, and through them he showed himself holy. Wow. And Ouch, that is um, just a devastating punishment. But you know, Moses had been publicly disobedient and he had been prideful and he misrepresented God to the people. He disobeyed a direct command from God when he struck the rock twice. Remember, God told him to speak to the rock. Now, earlier in their journey, when God had brought water from a rock, he instructed Moses to strike it with his staff. Uh, that was back in Exodus 17. So why did God change the instructions? Well, we don't know. The Bible doesn't say, so we're not supposed to make inferences from that. But we do know that God wanted Moses to trust him. Moses didn't need to use force. He just needed to obey. And Moses seemed to be taking credit for the miracle himself instead of attributing it to God. That That's what it looks like anyway. God did not let that go. You know, the Israelites needed to understand his holiness. So this is just one example of what happens when we do things our own way or when we stop trusting in the Lord to provide for us. And, you know, we need to prepare for our physical needs, of course. You know, if you need to uh, stock up some things for a time when you know you need to, that's fine. And there's, there's even scriptures about that. But be careful that we don't let our pride and our own capabilities eclipse our trust in God. Now, I do want to go to two other uh, passages, Michelle, in the New Testament, where Jesus spoke of being prepared in a very different way for our futures, and that is our spiritual future. Uh, we know that our lives on this earth are numbered, and of course we know they're numbered by God. We know that we will someday leave this earth to be with our Savior in heaven, and we know that Jesus will return, and whether you are his or not, we know that every knee will bow. So we need to prepare for these things. Uh, first of all, I want to go to uh, Luke chapter 12, and this is in verse 19. This is uh, Jesus telling the crowd, Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, uh, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. 
And then he told him a parable, saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do, for I have nowhere to store my crops? And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store up all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things that you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. And then in Matthew 25, Jesus says that the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet their bridegroom. Verse 2 says, Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a cry, Here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise ones answered, saying, Since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they were going out to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterward the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. So we are to be preparing for our own end and for his return. That's right. And these aren't comfortable topics to talk about, but for Christians, we're to be eternally focused, even though we are in this world. We've done several podcasts uh, about how preparing about preparing for persecution and living in times of evil. So we'll link those up in our show notes. But how does one begin to think about preparing our souls for eternity. Amy, have you ever been with with people who've suffered through a terminal illness and observed how they begin to to focus not on their current circumstances, but on what will happen after they die. I have. And uh, it reminds me of that song, Michelle, about the things of this earth growing strangely dim, or I think that's how the hymn goes. But, uh, you know, we, we kind of lose track of all the things that we thought were important, all those things that, uh, really have tied us up into knots over worry and anxiety or things that we're concerned about that we really shouldn't be. And uh, it just reminds me that um, we we should be eternally focused and then we can let go of all that other stuff that just doesn't matter. Yeah, you know, what I think is that sometimes we... Uh, we don't really get eternally focused until everything else is taken away from us. And that's all that we have yeah. left. Um, you know, I was, it's interesting that we're talking about this. I was, uh, saw something online today about, um, the Southern Baptist convention is, is, uh, providing some kind of prayer kit, I think to send out to churches or something like that. And I thought you really, we, we really need a kit to to pray (laughs) and it it got got me to thinking you know the times in my life when I have really prayed the best are when I have you know kind of hit rock bottom and had nowhere else to turn and sometimes I think 
you know, you always hate to to wish for something like this, but sometimes I think that, uh, you know, we need a little more need in our lives or we, we may need a little more um, difficult cir- circumstances in our lives sometimes to get us, you know, to get us praying like we ought to and to keep us focused on, um, keep us focused on eternity, like you just said. I agree. Uh, yeah, but we don't want to wait until we're ill or we have terrible circumstances to be thinking this way and to be focused on eternity. We can start today. The first way we want to prepare is to be sure that we're in a right relationship with God. We can start with acknowledging our sin and asking his forgiveness. Uh, repent, ask him to help you turn away from sin. And if you haven't placed your trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, do that now. That's way more important important than listening to to a podcast. Go ahead and hit pause. Ask him for his mercy and forgiveness. Romans 10, 9 says this, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Salvation is God's gift to us and we receive it by faith or belief and not by anything we do. So if that's something that you need to get right with God today, hit that pause button right now. We'll wait. Okay, next, let's get a right perspective of death. It is not the end of us. We are eternal beings, every single one of us. There is no so-called eternal dirt nap, and it doesn't just all end in blissful unawareness. That's that's called, uh, I think that's called annihilationism. Yes. So, um, yeah, so that that's not, you know, that's not how it is. You're going to live forever. It's just a question of where. Um For the Christian, we don't need to experience the sting of death when a fellow brother or sister dies because there's comfort in knowing that he or she is with Jesus in heaven. 1 Corinthians 15, 22 says, But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. Death for the believer is the beginning of a new spectacular phase of our eternal life where we will enjoy intimate fellowship and worship forever. You know, it's hard to even imagine in my mind how wonderful that will be. I don't think any of us even can. Um, In 1 Corinthians 2.9, Paul was quoting Isaiah 64, and uh, he says it like this. He says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined the things that God has prepared for those who love him. So I can't wait to have my mind blown. And knowing these truths really sets us free from the terror of dying. I know many people are are scared and uh, afraid of of death and what's on the other side. The Christian doesn't have to be. And Michelle, you talked about having an eternal perspective, and that's what we need for preparing for his return. No one knows the day or the hour, but we can take comfort knowing that he keeps all of his promises. Um, 
I love the parable Jesus told in Luke chapter 19 about the 10 talents where the this departing king instructs his servants to occupy until I come. Uh, we are to be doing that. We are to be about our business, following the commands of Christ, walking worthy and making disciples, all the things that believers do to honor God. And this means investing our time and our talents and our resources in the things that have ever lasting value. Jesus said it this way in Luke 9, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross daily, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you're going to lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. So dying to self is really a lifelong process. Jesus said, do it every day. When we're born again, our old self dies and the new self comes to life and we become a new creation and our lives should look very different because we are different. And I just have to stop here, Michelle, and bring up a very um, unfortunate event that happened last week. A very popular celebrity pastor with a huge worldwide following taught something at his church that completely contradicts what I just read from scripture. It's, it's not his first rodeo in that either, but here's his quote. Following Jesus does not change you into something else. It reveals who you've been all along. What would it be like to see the you that God sees? Um, okay, this is a false teaching from a real wolf, and his name is Stephen Furtick. And by the way, if you know, if I saw the real me that God sees, I would be horrified. But uh, Stephen Furtick's mega million dollar franchise he calls a church is Elevation. And uh, you may know that because Elevation is also worship music, which is why I don't sing worship music from Elevation. So anyway, that's a uh, kind of a little news update there. Right. And we would really discourage anybody or any church from using elevation worship music yeah. or from listening to Stephen Furtick. I, I will say he's unintentionally correct in part of his statement. He says it reveals if you come to Christ, that part is wrong the way he said it. But what he says next, he says it reveals who you've been all along. Well, yeah, if you truly come to Christ, you're going to see just partially, the center <laughs> right. that you've been all along. And what would it be like, he goes on to say, to see the you that God sees? Well, like you said, Amy, it would be absolutely terrifying because, you know, there's so many sinful things that about ourselves that we're not even aware of, but God sees all of that. But yes, unfortunately, does. that's not what Stephen Furtick meant. He meant, you know, you know, you're super duper and God has your picture on his refrigerator and you just have all this <laughs> potential gushing out of you. And when you come to Christ, it just makes you even more spanky and wonderful. So, you know, we, like you said, we've warned about Stephen Furtick many times over the years and we'll link up some resources in our notes today. But the truth is found in scripture, which he constantly contradicts. And it says yep. this in 2 Corinthians 5. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Or Romans 6, 4. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. When Jesus' disciples asked the Lord about preparing for the end times, how did he prepare them? Well, it says in Matthew 24, tell us 
when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered them, see that no one leads you astray like Stephen Furtick. No, he didn't say that, but I mean, that's a good example of someone who could lead you astray. See, see that no one leads you astray for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and they will lead many astray. And then Paul says over in Colossians 2, 8, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the word world and not according to Christ. So preparing yourself to follow the truth and not the lies of the enemy, uh, that's, that's what we're to do. And that's where our discernment comes in. And how do we get discernment, ladies? Anyone? <laughs> From studying and knowing our Bibles, which we know is God's breathed out truth to all of us. And surrounding ourselves with brothers and sisters in Christ through a biblically sound church led by faithful shepherds and elders who can help us learn the deep truths of scriptures, scripture and live lives that honor God. Amen, Michelle. And that's really the best way I know of to encourage one another in the hope that we have in Christ. So that's what we're supposed to be doing, ladies. And uh, I don't know about you, but I, it sounds a lot better than worrying or, or stockpiling or anything like that. That's right. And you know, what we're just saying about surrounding yourselves with brothers and sisters in Christ through a a biblically sound church that just brings out another passage that we talk about all the time, which is Hebrews 10, 24 through 25, that we are not to neglect the gathering together of ourselves with the church. And right. all the more, as we see the day drawing near, you know, as the day draw, the day of Christ's return draws near, we're to gather with each other more and fellowship and support each other more, not less. So be sure you're not a Lone Ranger Christian out there and you've got yourself joined up to a really good doctrinally sound church. Yeah. And Michelle, you've got some resources on your website too about uh, finding a good church in your area. I think is it as a zip code finder, right. I believe. And yeah, it's, it's several different uh, church search engines. There's Master awesome. Seminary on there. Um, Founders Ministries is on there and lots and lots of other good church search engines. So hopefully, you know, and also recommendations by my readers that my readers have sent in. So hopefully we can, we'll remember to put that link in the show notes and that can maybe help some people who need to find a good church. All right. Well, we've come to the end of another episode of A Word Fitly Spoken. Don't forget to check the show notes for some great resources if we remember to put them in there. Head, head on over to awordfitlyspoken.life to find links for our social media pages and the podcast archives. And if you'd like to support us and help offset the internet and hosting fees of our podcast, you can do do that through our PayPal and Patreon links. And thank you so much for tuning in and for praying for us. Uh, we especially love that. And until next time, be prepared to know Christ now and for eternity. Remember where your hope is and in whom your hope is and walk worthy. 